mindfulness mode. And when is it just about me changing my perspective? Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm here today with a wellness leader. He's also into neuroscience and he's had more than 15 years experience teaching and practicing yoga, meditation, mindfulness, and different healing modalities. So you can tell why Brian is a perfect fit for the Mindfulness Mode podcast. I'm so excited to talk to him about his scientific knowledge and, and how you know, he talks about scientific knowledge and how that's connected to ancient wisdom. So that's going to be fascinating. I'm here today with Brian Burnaman. Brian, are you in mindfulness mode today? Yes. Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me here and for this space. And I love it. I love the mindfulness mode. That's the mode that I'm in every day. So that's good. That is perfect. That's fantastic. So what does mindfulness mean to you, Brian? Mindfulness for me, it means being present, being aware of what is happening and coming back all of the time to what is actually happening in my experience. That for me is the easiest way that I can share what mindfulness is without getting too technical. And that's the way that I try to experience it in my daily life. Yeah, for sure. So you've been a wellness leader for some time, I take it. So how how did you get into that space? Mm. Yeah, really interesting. I have been really blessed and fortunate to have wonderful parents that they started when I was a kid, their own journey into self-development and self-discovery and spirituality. And little by little, things started to get into the house. And my parents would recommend, you know, different books and different things to read and then different practices. Go and do this meditation class. Go and do this yoga class. Go and do this healing. And I would always say yes. My siblings didn't resonate with this, but I would always say yes. And by the time that I was a in my late teenage years, I was fully into all of this. And now, you know, like I, I spent years on my own journey. And at one point I decided to go and leave everything that I knew behind. And I moved to a Tibetan Buddhist retreat center up in the mountain in California. And I okay. lived there for a few years uh, to immerse myself in the teachings and to have time to really get to know myself in a deeper way and ever since then I have been fortunate to share that which has helped me <laughs> and in that way I can make a living and I can support a lot of people so yeah I've been really fortunate that that has been my path it wasn't because I you know like I had a breakdown or anything that doesn't mean that my life has been all <laughs> like easy <laughs> Yet yeah, it's been a, a really wonderful path of this has been my path to understand myself. And now I get to share it. Well, that's fantastic. So tell me how you are going about in your life to reach your full potential. Yes, thank you for that. I think that there's a lot of different ways that I have done it and that I do it now. So there's this evolution of my own practice which I think that it's completely natural as we learn and, and adapt and we start to create new patterns of behavior, things don't need to be done in the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, it looks like just being aware 
during the day of everything that is happening. I still do some practices that are sitting practices, sitting meditation or movement meditation, yet there's a lot of it that is just being present in the present, being able to understand what is and to understand that I am here now with you. And this is where I am. This is where I am present. This is where I'm sitting. This is where my awareness is. Yes, my awareness is bigger, so it can be aware of other things. Yet I am here. And it took a lot of work, and I still do it in a lot of healing. And by healing, I mean returning to that place of wholeness, returning to that place that is my essence and my true nature. And all of the healing work that I have done through the years and that I support people with, it's all about finding those blockages, those unprocessed feelings, those experiences that weren't integrated or are now created as trauma in the body and to be able to, to fully process that so that all of those parts that are in the way, now they can actually be part of my experience. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm really interested, Brian. Tell me the role nature plays in your life when it comes to mindfulness. Mm, yes. So it's really interesting because growing up in Argentina, I mm. didn't have much nature around. Like, I mean, I, I grew up in Buenos Aires, in the big city. <laughs> sure, so sure. I, I didn't have that connection to nature. Um, yes, I loved whenever we went on holidays to somewhere, you know, and there was the beach, so the sun, the ocean, when we went to the mountains, like I loved it, but I didn't understand that connection. And now, um, especially since I've been living in, in California in the Buddhist center, that was living in the middle of the mountain in a community of 27 people fully surrounded mm -hmm. by the redwoods um, like that gave me the understanding of my interconnectedness with nature and my understanding mm -hmm. of not only how nature is very conducive to be present and to be mindful it's also about understanding that i am here and she is me, like that understanding of no separation with nature has mm -hmm. been really interesting. And since then, it has been part of my my life. Like you cannot see it here, but I have the garden and I love just even just being here in the garden with a little bit of, <laughs> of nature. And here in New Zealand, we're really fortunate that it's such a small country that you can find amazing places with mountains and the beach and the ocean, like very close by. So to be able to go there and to practice in those spaces is slightly different than practicing in the middle of the city with all of the sounds from the cars going and the busyness of life. So it's a sure. wonderful way of, of, of being able to connect. And I think that for a lot of people, I recommend them to go there, even if they don't get to the depth of experience that is that no separation that I'm meaning. Yet, mm -hmm. if that creates the environment that is needed and conducive to their own 
calming and to activate the parasympathetic nervous system so that they can get into that place of restoration and relaxation, which mostly they don't get to that place. Mostly everyday people in everyday life, they are going, 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 and just creating more stress and more stress and more stress. So to be able to go to nature, to take your shoes and your socks out and just to put your feet on the ground, that has an amazing effect just from an electromagnetic perspective. So just to be able to do that is so good to be present. Yeah, totally. New Zealand sounds amazing as well. I have <laughs> not been there, but sounds fantastic. Well, you founded something called Conscious Action, a movement of people inspired to live more intentionally. Tell us all about this. What what got you to the point where you created this and what's it like? Mm, yeah, so I was when I came to New Zealand, I was, you know, knew I needed to figure out what do I want mm -hmm. to do. And I need to actually get someone to like sponsor me to be able to stay here with work. So uh, I found that and after a while that place closed down, but with the one of the co-workers there, we really connected really well and we wanted to continue doing what we were doing together but just by ourselves and we didn't know exactly what shape and form that had to take and mm -hmm. one of the things that happened was that by chance the day before we were going to have a meeting we went to this event and it was a screening of a documentary that it's called plastic ocean which i recommend people to watch it if they haven't and it's an and what's it called again plastic ocean plastic ocean okay yes. yes and it's a really good documentary yet it shows how bad the situation is and sure. with the plastics in the ocean and the plastic pollution and when the event finished i was with my friend outside and just hearing some people talking and like some people were like super depressed and i was like that was such a missed opportunity that you have all of those people there watching that documentary that yes you wanted to raise awareness of what's happening but now all of those people are in a negative state and they are depressed mm -hmm. which means that now not only most likely they are not going to be moved to action they are right. actually not well themselves so yes we got together and we thought, you know, like there's an opportunity there to do more, to be able to bring people together and to share from a lot of different perspective of what conscious living is, at least for me, which has to do with the well-being of people, the collective and the planet, how we can raise awareness of different perspectives and then understanding, okay, what's my place in that and how can I take action on that? And that doesn't mean I need to solve everything and that I will connect with everything, yet understanding that information or awareness by itself doesn't do anything if I'm not actually doing something about it. And that is what for the last um, almost six years we've been doing is getting people together, running different events around spirituality, well-being, sustainability, regeneration, um, the collective, and to be able to bring either guest speakers or to have conversations with everyone 
to to just bring those topics alive and then mm -hmm. understanding okay what's my role in there how do i connect with that and what can i do now so I all, always at the end of all of the events or even with the podcast it's always about what is the one action that now they can take whether that mm -hmm. is physical or just a shift on mindset what is that one thing that now that we know all of that information we can start to do and it has been wonderful so far and uh, amazing people that care so much and a lot of times i feel like there's this lack of connection between people that care <laughs> and yeah. everybody thinks that they are doing everything by themselves which is why i love connection i love to be able to collaborate with people and to be able to to actually celebrate everything that is happening and the people that are doing good things and positive things and you know those are our values connection collaboration celebration and everything done from a place of compassion because as well understanding we're not perfect nobody's perfect and we all have our unique self and our unique perspective and my perspective is not going to be exactly yours so as long sure. as I can hold compassion in my heart for myself and for you and for everybody else, then it's easier to meet each other where we are instead of pushing and separating. Yeah, totally. Your podcast is called The Conscious Action Podcast. So Mindful Tribe, check this out, The Conscious Action Podcast. So tell me, I want to know uh, what your goal is, Brian, with The Conscious Action Podcast. The goal is to be able to to share conversations, to share just like this, to share more perspectives and to give voice sometimes to different people that they can bring that different perspective to, to be able to raise awareness and to be able to get people to connect deeper to themselves and there to be able to be inspired and moved into action. And the podcast, you know, as, as you know very well, it's a wonderful platform to be able to have a, an in-depth conversation yeah. with someone to be able to connect. Totally so nice. I love that part. And for everybody that is listening or watching, it's a, a wonderful way that they can get that without having to be in person in a moment. And that was one of the reasons why we started the podcast was because a lot of people that weren't living in New Zealand or weren't living in the city were asking, you know, how can I see this? And at that moment, live streaming of events and making hybrid events wasn't so much of a thing that I wanted to do because it's too many different um, technical things. So I thought, podcast isn't great. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm also going to be able to provide people with with that. And you know, now I think that we are up to 116 uh, episodes, which means that if someone is discovering now, they can go through and they can see, you know, which ones resonate with them. Because as with everything with conscious action, there's a very like big range of topics so perhaps someone is just interested in all of the ones about spirituality or perhaps someone is interested only about the ones about sustainability or perhaps they are open to everything and they want to just listen so yeah i think that it's a, a wonderful way of being able to to share some knowledge and some wisdom 
Yeah, I totally agree with you, of course, with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, your background is in neuroscience. And how does neuroscience help you to be more connected through mindfulness with what you do? I think that for me, one of the biggest things with neuroscience and as well with a few other perspectives that I have learned has been the key to get me to connect with those that I'm talking to. So mm-hmm. especially when I'm, you know, I, I teach here at university and I work with businesses, when I'm working with people that perhaps wouldn't go into something like mindfulness or meditation or an Eastern philosophy or something that seems spiritual, yeah, having the background in neuroscience, having the the possibility of sharing the the different words that these people connect with makes it easier for them to open up to a practice. Because for me, this is one of the things. Now, science is proving what the ancient wisdom traditions have been saying for a long time. So if someone is open to science, but is not open yet to ancient traditions or to different traditions, then the way of getting that person to open up, to practice becoming aware, to practice mindfulness, just, you know, if, if I move, if mindfulness nowadays is starting to get a little bit more accepted widely. Um, yes. But, you know, like I, I use much more in those spaces, the word mindfulness instead of meditation. Sometimes I use them in outside of there interchangeably and sometimes i know that they are perhaps slightly different yet when i'm in in those spaces i know i'm not going to mention the word meditation we're practicing mindfulness we are going to engage our nervous system and we're going to uh, activate the parasympathetic nervous system because we have most of the time the activation of the sympathetic nervous system understanding as well that okay, if we want to create changes, I can talk about creating new patterns or I can talk about creating new neural pathways. Yes. And, if, and if they are much more open to that, it's the same. We're, we are creating patterns that are new. We're changing the energy where it's going. Yet in the brain, from a neuroscientific perspective, what we are doing is we are just changing that because we have this amazing brain that is very plastic, which means in in that neuroplasticity, we have the capacity for change all of the time. It might take a while because if, if a neuron is quite fat, which means that it's the one that anytime that something happens, that's going to allow the electricity to go past it, then to create a new one, I need to fit that one. So I need to use the other neuron more and more, more actively and more mindfully. Mm-hmm. And to be able to understand this for me gives people a the possibility that they can change because our physicality, our physiology is allowing for that to happen. And even if they are not open to as I mentioned, these other traditions that are part of my understandings, then I can meet them where they are. And for me, that's key. Meet people where they are. I'm not trying to force my views, not trying to um, 
to get what has worked for me for them because we're all different i you know like i resonate with specific practices and i have explored a lot more just because as well i wanted to to learn more different perspectives and to be able to to understand more and to be able to share more but perhaps someone just resonates with one thing and they are okay with that and it's not about changing them it's about giving them the tools to create the things that they want in their lives. So if they want to change, to change. If they don't want to change, they don't want to change. And I'm okay with that. Um, right. My, my, my job in, in, in that, especially when I'm working, you know, it's very different when I'm working with someone that's coming to me than when I'm working with the business and suddenly it's the business that hired me and the employees sure. are there so that perhaps they didn't choose to work with me. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not there to change them. I'm there to just enable whatever it is that is going to be serving them in their own life. Right, right. I want to ask you a question about bullying, Brian, because I've worked in this field for a long time. Do you have a story that you can share with us about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference somehow? Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this one. Uh, I cannot remember a specific instance. I think that the, like, looking back, I do remember that as a little kid, six, seven years old, I was both on the receiving end of bullying and on the giving end of it. Um, mm -hmm. And looking back, if I would have had this understanding and being more mindful of the the way that I can experience it and the way that I will be more compassionate towards others if I would have had these practices, then that wouldn't have happened. And I know how traumatic it can be for lots of kids, especially. I mean, even for adults, it's quite traumatic. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it keeps on happening. This is not just for kids. No. Yet in that moment, as a six, seven-year-old, I I would have not acted in that way, and I would have been able to actually not act in that way because if I would have been more mindful of how when someone else was bullying me, I would have been able to experience it in a different way. I wouldn't have been moved to, in a sense, do that for someone else. So I think that a lot of times. You know, I, I see this a lot in terms of what we learn that is done to us. A lot of times we pass it on and sometimes yes. a lot of the negative behaviors are in, in the same way. So the more mindful that I can be about understanding like, ah, oh, this that I'm receiving, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't feel nice. I'm not going to pass it on. I actually need to understand, I need to be mindful of what the experience is like and understanding perhaps this person is doing it because they are hurting, because they were hurt. And that's one of the things, you know, for me that the more that I have learned uh, and, and experienced working in the healing space with trauma and with blockages is the understanding that people that have trauma they will behave in that way. That's why, I mean, if we look in, in different countries, but especially like I know that in the US, um, this is big, you know, like most of the population that is in prison, like they are highly traumatized people. 
Yes. And, and the understanding is that if someone was hurt, they more likely are going to hurt someone unless they do a lot of that work for themselves. So hurt people, hurt people. And, Definitely. And that is where I think that the big understanding of the importance of bringing awareness and mindfulness into every piece of lives is, is paramount to create the changes in the world because the more that we can catch ourselves and the more that we can understand what has happened and how can I process that, then I'm not going to repeat certain behaviors that are not supporting life in general. So being able to share this is wonderful and being able to have these conversations is wonderful because this creates more ripple effects in this. And, and I, you know, like I, there's many years ago that I heard that the Dalai Lama, that he said that if every eight year old in the world learn meditation, there will be world peace within one generation. And, you know, I think that the importance of being able to understand that when we have the tools and we can implement them, how we show up is very different. So the importance of mindfulness within that space of bullying or that space of just repeating behaviors is so important. I totally agree with you, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And yeah, we could have so much more peace if more people would meditate for sure. Yeah. As we move forward in the interview, Brian, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. First one is this, who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Um, I think that I would say my my mom okay um, and then That's good and then my my teacher um okay that's awesome okay my se- second question is about uh emotions so how has mindfulness helped how you deal with your emotions beautiful and i will try to go with this as quick as possible i have learned sure. that emotions are very different than feelings. So emotions are how I am actually thinking about the feelings. So how I'm dealing with life is actually by looking at my feelings, the sensations in the body and processing that instead of the story that I tell myself about what that feeling means. And that's how I'm able to actually be with the experience. Ah, very well put. Yeah, that's great. I want to ask you about breathing and if there are any breathing techniques or any comments on breathing that you can share with us that have helped you. Yes, yes. Breathing is super important. When we stop breathing, we die. So it's kind of a big deal. Um, It is. I have learned so many different techniques with breathing. And and I know that nowadays I see much more of the holotropic, like faster breathing that is really... um, popular i actually mm-hmm. i am much more inclined in my own practice to the slowing down of the breath and actually one of the main practices for me has been to change the way that i'm breathing by allowing breathing through nose and mouth at the same time in and out okay and to be able to slow it down so that it goes to a place that is so subtle that it seems that i'm almost no breathing so for example, like as a practice, it was breathing in, in 
and out for at least 20 seconds each of them. So breathing in for 20 seconds, breathing out for 20 seconds. And then sometimes, you know, the box breathing, which is the same length for the inhaling, holding, exhaling and holding. I think that the most important thing about breathing for me is actually implementing it. Try it out. So if you're listening to this, not just know, oh, I can do this, is implement something. You can do that whilst you're listening, which is the key of, of the practice of working with the breath. We can use it as long as we are doing anything else. Yeah, totally. Are there any books that you recommend that are related to mindfulness? I love one of the first books that I started reading about this is Gesture of Balance by Tartan Tulku. And that has been an amazing book that basically it opened up the possibility of understanding that meditation as well can be practiced in everyday life and how simple it can be as well as how much depth there is in it. So Gesture of Balance is a wonderful one. Yeah, and can you repeat the author's name as well? Yes, Tartan Tulku. Okay, thank you. We'll put that into our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. That's awesome. Are there any apps at all, any kind of apps or online assistance that, that you use or recommend that can help with mindfulness? I actually don't use any any apps. I haven't gotten into them. I know that there's plenty of them, but it hasn't been something that I've needed. Therefore, I haven't really tried them. Sure. No, I understand that. So I, I want to ask you, now this is not part of the five questions or anything, but if you would just elaborate a little bit more on the form that meditation takes in your life. Mm. So for me, meditation is about the state of being. I understood at one point in my practice when I was sitting for many, many hours mm -hmm. that I was getting to this place where my experience shifted. Mm -hmm. And when it shifted to that place, I felt uh, peace and stillness and an openness of awareness and due to the nature of the practices that i was doing in the tibetan buddhist tradition that mm -hmm. a lot of it is about bringing the teachings alive mm -hmm. i was starting to play an experiment how can i bring that experience that state of being throughout the day regardless if i am sitting or not regardless if I have my eyes closed or not. And now, nowadays, for me, it's about keeping that state of being with everything that I'm doing. I'm talking to you now, I'm keeping that awareness. I am then going to see a client, I'm keeping that awareness. I'm going to go to university then, I'm going to keep that awareness. Everything that I'm doing is just about that. And of course, I lose that <laughs> at different moments. I am not enlightened. Uh, so I'm going to catch myself and come back to it. And yes, right. sometimes, sometimes uh, that means centering back by sitting down, closing my eyes, taking a moment. 
Yet, because of the fact that I have purposely chosen to live my life a little bit slower, mm -hmm. I don't lose that as much as I used to, because I am not going that fast that perhaps I lose sight of it. So I can stay with that state. And yes, every single day, I still do my sitting meditation. I still do my movement meditation. And I use I, I use a, a lot of sound meditation. So I use a lot of sound healing as well and vibration okay. to get to that place. And when I am also sharing that, I get that for myself. So it's a for me, whenever I am sharing and I am teaching and facilitating, that's also for me. Yeah, that's fascinating. Your website, I've already mentioned it. Your website is consciousaction.co.nz. And so, yeah, check out the website, Mindful Tribe, consciousaction.co.nz. And as we finish up the podcast interview, do you have any final words of advice for our listeners? Mm, yes, thank you for that. I think that one of the biggest things that I would love to share is that we have the capacity to change all of the time. Yeah. And the more aware that we are, the easier it is to be able to do that. And, and to change, sometimes it doesn't mean changing the circumstances. Sometimes it means changing how we are experiencing our circumstances. And I think that the more important thing for me is understanding when do I need to change the circumstances and when is it just about me changing my perspective and becoming more mindful of what is so that I'm not judging my experience, inner and outer experience, and therefore I can just be with what is. And I think that that is important. So for everybody that is listening, just figure that out. Become more mindful, more aware of your present moment to understand, do I need to make an outer change or an inner change? What great advice. Brian, it's been a complete pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate all the work you're doing and how you're helping the planet with, you know, consciousness and mindfulness. Thank you for being on Mindfulness Mode. Thank you, Bruce, for, for having me. And thank you for the wonderful conversation and your presence, as well as keep on doing what you're doing, because, yes, we need more and more and more on this. <laughs> Definitely. Take care, Brian. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening to the show today. I want to thank Grammarly. Grammarly is one of my sponsors, and they really help me by quickly pointing out spelling or grammatical errors in all of my writing. And I find I can write faster and more accurately using this great app. You can get started using Grammarly for free. It works on your desktop applications. It works on sites across the web. It can work on apps, social media, documents, messages, emails. Emails. Use my affiliate link to get going right away. This will benefit me and you. So just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash Grammarly. And that's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.